Hello folks, welcome, welcome to Decoded by Thredo. This is our newly renovated podcast. I'm excited to host. Uh, these days I'm bringing a lot of interesting people onto the show. Uh, fundamentally, who has massive, massive experience around customer experience, customer support, and you know, also obviously community building. And today I have Kel Kurugi. How are you today? I, I, I'm sorry if I butchered your last name <laughs> Kel, you, how are you feeling you're part of every single other person i've met that butchers my last name it's absolutely fine it's understandable uh, i'm very good thank you sharath how are you doing today i'm doing well i'm very excited uh stoked to bring you on the part today uh i i i can empathize people butchering last names because a lot of people butcher my last name too and it's fine you know we're all humans and we make errors you know, my, my name, I wasn't actually born Kel, but everyone started calling me Kel when I was young because no one could pronounce my first name. And then after that, it just stuck. So even my grandma calls <laughs> me Kel, literally like everyone. And when, when, when I have to, when people find out my actual name, they're like, wait, who's, who's that? Is that, is that, and I'm like, no, that's, that's me. That's what I'm known as. Um, so, yeah, oh man, I, that's, that's fun. Yeah. We, you know, we should blame our parents, but that's for another topic <laughs> another, another, day. <laughs> another day for folks who uh doesn't know about cal uh let me introduce uh cal to you guys Kellen is a dynamic accomplished reader in customer experience industry uh currently serving as senior global customer experience manager at zapier first of all i'm a big 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 fan of zapier i love everything you guys did for no code community and empowered a lot of makers become makers uh i'm one of them i used i i used to use i used to abuse not use abuse zapier uh like three three years ago when i was like kind of like tinkering with projects so big shout out to wade and the rest of the folks for massively impacting the the no code industry with automation so shout out to zapier uh he so fun fact about cal he was a writer and he did tele- he's a television presenter he's a movie critic he's a voiceover artist and he did like a bunch of other things my god i can go on and on and on about him and he's pretty active on linkedin that's where i found him and big shout out to jillian for bringing us together as well but uh, again welcome kel you have right off the bat, you have done your research like that is that is impeccable i am impressed yeah, many many moons ago, I was a uh, I was a I was a script writer, um, and did lots of like TV stuff. That is uh, every now and again you kind of get that feeling of should I should I be dabbling in that again? And then you kind of remember the extremely long hours, and then think right uh, with a family, maybe I'll just maybe I'll just not do that. You know, maybe I'll yeah. do something, anything else instead. You know, I'll give you an idea. You you kind of have an alter ego with your full name. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you should start you should start writing about him <laughs> and create a character around him. And you never know, right? He can be like a CX superhero, you know? I'll, I'll, I'm taking that. I'm running with it. And we'll yeah, split absolutely. There you go. We have a project. We have a fun project rolling out already. Uh, but right off the bat, I think as a human being, I'm very curious and... How the hell uh, a script writer, someone who's knee deep involved in media, movies, ended up being uh, in tech, ended up being in customer experience? Like, talk to me about the whole transition, how you ended up in tech and whatnot. 
Yeah, so actually tech came a lot, lot later. Um, the majority of uh, my career in customer experience has been outside of tech. And I think one of the really interesting notions is understanding what your superpower is and being able to establish that in different organizations. Mm. So I think the reason why it works um, for me at Zapier is that we're a no-code automation company, right? Mm -hmm. The whole notion of us is that anyone should be able to harness these no-code superpowers and supercharge Absolutely. their business. Absolutely. So in order to really get into the customer's mind of someone that doesn't know much about automation, if you get someone who knows everything about AI, automation, tech, there's not going to be that same level of empathy there. You know, we, we see it every single day where people who are knee deep in tech and every part mm. of them breathes this and it has done for years and years, they've forgotten what it's like for someone who isn't as tech savvy. And realistically, mm. the majority of the world don't know much about automation. Right. If I took Absolutely. what I know now, right now, I've, mm -hmm. I've only been working as Zapier for a year. If mm -hmm. I took what I know now into one of my previous organizations and said, hey, you know, this job that takes you four hours every week, you know, you can right. like just set this up and it'll do it in minutes for you. Right. If I told right. them that, they would probably give me the keys to the business. And that's, I think we sometimes forget how powerful these tools can really be because mm. we're surrounded by tech and AI and automations every single day. Kind of going back to your like original point in terms of how I made the transition from TV media to kind of the, to customer experience and, and eventually mm -hmm. tech. Uh, I was, so in, in the UK, we have our GCSEs, right? So that's like in high school, you know, you have some, some exams right. and then you go on to uh, doing further education. And then there was a choice between like, do I go to college or, or university? Mm -hmm. or kind of just go out into the, to the world of working. And mm -hmm. back in high school, uh, you're pretty, in, in England, um, where I am, you're pretty much told that if you don't go to university, um, you're gonna kind of grow up a loser, right? You're gonna kind of be broke, you're not gonna be able to achieve anything. And I was a bit of a rebel back then. Um, I know I've got no hair now, but uh, like back then I had a mohawk, a bit of a mohawk. I was like really into rock music. I was like, no, I'll, I'll show them. So right. I ended up sort of taking loads of jobs um, oh. at, at one time, all around sort of the music industry, around television, uh, around that, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Hmm. Um, it did pretty well. So I wrote, wrote the script. Um, it got sort of broadcast on uh, a TV, uh, an Asian TV channel called Zing. Um, it was broadcast through a few different three different continents. Continents. It, it did it did well. I I left that utterly sort of drained and exhausted and just thinking like this 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 can't be what it's all about, right? And right. during my entire time when I was trying to make a name for myself in in media, as a lot of people mm. who work in media know, it doesn't mm. pay very well in the early days. So I was taking customer experience and customer service jobs on the side because I was good at talking to people and mm. conversations where where the customer really hates you, right? Where the customer really, really hates you. And then I come on and I talk to talk them down and calm them down and, and explain what we're going to do to rectify the situation. That was my superpower. I realized that I was able to do that. And I was able to get someone who wasn't on our side back on our side and make that mm. terrible experience good. And that felt great, you know? And then as, um, as my career went on, I started kind of going into um, uh, team leading and managing. And that kind of moved on from it being me 
helping a, a customer, a negative customer, or a customer that had been wronged by us, moving them from hating us to loving us, it got moved to, okay, how can I make the people in my team, how can I fulfill their potential? Yeah. How can I get them from being in a position where they don't maybe like what they're doing right now or make them love what they're doing or, or heading in the direction of loving what they're doing? So that, mm. that kind of made me focus a lot more on, on kind of coaching, feedback, and building up sort of people's hidden potential from there. And, mm. and then I, I've been so lucky that I've, I've worked um, in customer service and customer experience departments for Nissan, for Rightmove, which is like the UK version of Zillow, um, right, for the American listeners, uh, for James and James Fulfillment, Mm-hmm. and now and now at Zapier so it's been it's been a real wild ride but knowing the fundamentals of what makes great customer experience and right. how you can get the best out of the people around you that's kind of what what helped me get to where I am today uh, one thing I really love about the story you just narrated is that uh, you accidentally discovered a superpower it was not scripted even though you're a script writer uh, <laughs> Ironically, right? It's not like something that you envision. Some of the stories I personally love, some of the success stories are are all kind of happened on an accident. And when when something happens on an accident, you you can rely on intention after that. I think that's what I, I'm hearing a lot from your experience that you you have that intention to like deliver or to put it in really simple words, make a customer happy. That's it. Like, it's plain, simple. Uh, I have so many follow-ups for that. But now that we're talking about superpowers, I want to I ask you like a deep question. In your opinion, what is a superpower for a customer experience rep, rep or whatever you want to call it? Like someone who's handling customer experience or customer support, what do you think their superpower should be? It's a really good question, but to give you a terrible answer there isn't there isn't one answer there isn't one superpower um because i've i've met so many great people in customer service and what generally happens when you're working in customer service is if you get really good at it someone tries to get you into sales so mm-hmm. I was kind of sales management as well for a little while um and the interesting thing is that there are so many similarities in what you need to be good at in both roles and then when i was working in more tech companies when i would work alongside the developers, for example, there was the same kind of elements of what made a great customer service person to what makes a great salesperson to what makes a great developer. Now, don't get me wrong. When I say a great developer, I don't just mean someone who's great at writing code, right? Someone could be exceptional as that. But you've probably experienced this uh, yourself, Sharath, where mm-hmm. you work with someone and you're just like, that person's great. Mm. Right. Like that person, if I was to go somewhere else and I say, hey, do you know of a good customer service person? Do you know of a great front end developer? You might not necessarily say this person's code was incredible and they smashed that apart. You'd know that this person was great at their job, but also they're just a fantastic human being. Mm. And for me, offering great customer service or being great at sales or account management or any any role, I kind of broke it down into four. Four words and they spell out the, the term pesh right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the first is personable mm. someone has to make you feel like you're the most important person there right mm. make whatever interaction you're having personal to you so mm-hmm. it's not like me talking about me all the time i want to know hey you know sharath you've contacted me because you're upset right. what is it 
what is it you need? How can I make this good for you? Right. right? Not that everyone else, not, hey, you know, sorry you're experiencing delays, so is everyone else. That right. shouldn't matter to you, right? What's right. personal to you? And that's exactly the same if you go up to a developer and say, hey, you know, there's a bug on our system. They're going to need to know, okay, so how's it impacting you? How's it impacting your customers? How, what can I do to help? Hmm. Next is empathetic. Mm -hmm. Empathy is such an important skill and we really mm -hmm. overlook it. And Absolutely. a lot of people think um, empathy and sympathy are the same thing, right? So one of the, one of the elements that I think a lot of customer service um, and salespeople fall into trap of is confusing the two. Mm. There is a massive difference in kind of saying, look, hey, I hear you and I completely appreciate how you feel. I've been in a similar situation myself and it's not great. I want to help you through this. Whether right. that be from a customer service angle, whether that be as a developer, whether that be as a salesperson saying, hey, you know, I sold you this thing. It's clearly not the right thing for you. Let me see how I can help make this better. Mm. Empathy is unbelievably, it's, it's both the most simple and the most difficult thing to do. Because right. if you don't practice it consistently, it sounds fake. And fake empathy is the absolute worst thing, right? Avoid right. that. Yeah, yeah. So that makes being... things even worse. In my opinion, if you start like, like, again, uh, scripting it or scheming it in a way that, hey, I'm being empathetic towards you and repeating the same thing in your head makes you a horrible person, in my opinion. I, I, I think as a human being, just forget about everything in tech, work and all that. You lose the authenticity if you start being someone else, like by default. Absolutely right. Let me give you an example, right? So um, I was expecting a delivery to come. I ordered my daughter um, some items of clothing from a, uh, from a store here, a clothing store called Marks and Spencers over in the UK. And everything had come in my delivery apart from one item. So I just emailed, uh, emailed the store and said, hey, um, just wanted to let you know, I haven't received this one item. Uh, is it likely to, to arrive soon? And the email response I got back was the most artificially empathetic thing where it was clear that they just attended a, a workshop where someone said, <laughs> show empathy um, and you'll be great. And what it said was, um, dear Kel, thank you very much for contacting us. I'm so, so sorry to hear that you haven't received this item. This mm. is so bad. And they really laid it on fact of it. <laughs> like, like they mm. smothered it on like I put peanut butter on my toast. It was like, <laughs> it was way too much. Right. And I read it and I was like, I wasn't that upset in my email. Why are you, why are you so shocked by this? Like it's, <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. Right. Just right. tell me where it is. And I immediately just, it could have gone from, if it was just like, a, I'm really sorry you've experienced this. Um, just let you know, it will be out to you in the next few days. I'd be like, great, done. Problem solved. But because they laid it on, I just felt like <laughs> you couldn't care less, could you, right? Like you are yeah. just ticking that box. So if someone does a little QA exam, if someone does a little yeah. test, you can be like, look at how empathetic I am, tick, and then move on. And you yeah. hopefully yeah. get a good grade and, and your objective is met. Right. So yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Um, empathy done well is a massive superpower. Empathy done poorly, you're better off not even doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Uh, oh man, so many other follow-ups, but one of the things you mentioned as a superpower for yourself is you, you have the ability to turn uh, mood or temperature, whatever you want to call from 
someone who's very angry very tempered to very calm and very kind of like you know uh bring them back to who they are right so talk to me about do you have like a framework that you want to share when you do s- uh, such stuff with people throughout your experience being being in this position i i do yeah and i won't go into every every part because we'll be here for quite some time right but there's yeah. <laughs> it always kind of like very loosely there's an element of firstly i mean the listening is so key right mm-hmm. active listening making sure you're not just listening to what they're saying but how they're saying it and the little nuances right like the customer will give you the bits that you should be listening to they will overindulge in things that don't interest you what mm-hmm. a customer service person does is they will listen out for the key facts that they need in order to resolve the issue what you should be doing is jotting down the bits that you need but making sure you're paying attention to the other bits that you don't need but that the customer is mentioning because that's what's important to the customer mm. it's all about what's important to the customer and not just about what's important to you So let's take that example that I had at the shop, right? Where I didn't receive mm-hmm. my let's say I was irate about it. I was mm-hmm. as an example. Right. What the customer service person is taking down if I'm speaking to them on the phone is um uh this person ordered some stuff, some of it came, this item didn't. We need to get this item to them. Mm-hmm. What they're not listening to are the things that I'm saying like you know, my daughter was supposed to be wearing this for um uh for Christmas day for our Christmas day dinner it was the first one after covid and it's the first one where our family were together and it was really important that she wore this specific outfit because it's exactly the same uh, kind of outfit that her grandmother wore way uh, way back right. in the day it's a family tradition whatever it might be right that's a very extreme story but mm. that's the thing that's important to me that's why i'm so irate and people often stick to facts when it comes to solving problems which you should but mm-hmm. don't disregard the emotion Mm-hmm. So once you've listened properly to it you need to empathize and you need to acknowledge actually you know what no matter how big or small this problem actually is you right here Mr or Mrs customer you find this a problem this is a problem for mm-hmm. you says so that um acknowledge and empathize i call it a and e right or mm-hmm. okay we have accident and emergency so you kind of spin mm-hmm. it acknowledge and empathize then there's a the notion of taking ownership and this is something a lot of people miss out on because what what a lot of customer service or sales people or whoever what they kind of want to do is be like oh, i don't want to deal with this one mm. i don't want to have to this person's chewing my ear off i'm bored i'm hung it's 20 minutes till lunch time and i'm pretty <laughs> sure the person's going to keep on complaining till like an, for another hour mm. rather than that the person just the, the customer just wants to know someone's going to deal with it right because through the customer's experience they know that they're likely to get passed around from pillar to post or hit the computer says no avenue mm-hmm. right so if you turn and say hey you know i completely hear you um what's happened isn't good enough and i can completely understand where you're coming from and why you're so upset before we carry on i just want to say just as a reminder if you didn't hear it earlier my name's kel and i'm personally going to look into getting this resolved for you mm. right in order to do that here's the next steps i'm going to take and lay it out for them so they know exactly what you're going to do and when you're going to do it by so they're like if you can get those three things nailed you're already halfway there you've got the customer ready listening and understanding that you're going to do something about it 
I think it's the assurance that I'm there for you. And I think we have to repeat that over and over again so that they understand and they can trust us. You know, I'm not, I'm not left alone as a customer. I'm, I'm being taken care of in the most right way. Right. I love that. Uh, I, I still want, I want to divide this episode into like kind of two types. One is like, I want to really dive into your past background. That's like in how you've developed this skill for being empathetic with customers. And I want to talk about a lot about Zapier, like what you're doing and whatnot. So a couple of more questions on the first part. You had a very nonlinear career, right? You, you were a sales manager. You were, a, what is it? Head of client services. You, you were, you were also managing uh, social media. If I'm not wrong, like you did like so many things. You were a writer and you know, all that, all that part, all the creative part. How have these past roles really helped you prepare for what you're doing right now at Zapier? I think one of the key elements that's really helped is that diversity. A lot of people will do one thing and they'll stick to one sector. They'll do one kind of role and really sort of push forward with that. A couple of things have helped me. One, I get bored easily, right? Like, so, so the notion of like keeping things fresh and different and just that desire to learn has really helped. But also one of the things that a lot of customer service managers don't have is that ability to understand what's important to other key stakeholders. So they'll understand what's important to their customers, but they won't think, hey, you know, what's important to the sales team on this? What's important to finance on this? What's important to the build or developer team on this? And because they don't have enough experience across the board and real, real life experience, really that empathy of like, actually, I've been a sales manager. I've been mm-hmm. in that position where you need to hit the numbers. Sure. Right? Actually, the when yeah. When you're just in customer service all your life, there's almost this perception, which is like sales only look out for their commission. Mm. Right. And it's a really bad thought to have, but it happens. Because when you speak to uh, someone in sales sometimes, and they're like, hey, you know, we just need to get this over the line. I'm under pressure. I need to get this. They're only hearing that part. They're not hearing the wider picture. So then a lot of people in customer service have this notion of, yeah, but it should all be about this specific thing, right? And they kind of box off their mindset into, if we're not doing this to help this specific customer right now, we are awful people. When in reality, When you've got that additional experience, you're able to turn around and be like, what does this mean for the community team? You know, what are their requirements? What do they need for this? What does this mean for the social media team? What does this mean for the sales team? Actually, if I can dial back 20%, it would mean a lot more to this Mm. account manager that this is done. Mm. And the customer still wins, but maybe not the perfect win. We win, they win. There's a lot more wins going around. Sure. Right. But I think one of the one of the key elements is, especially when you're earlier on in your career, I can't stress this enough. Experience as much as you can. Because what you might end up doing, like if I'd have just stayed in um, script writing, right, mm-hmm. or, or uh, being in front of the camera or whatever that might be, I would have had a really narrow view of of the world. And um, I also think like there's an element of like, what if, 
right? I would have carried on being drained every night, exhausted. Um, the the amount of money you make in media, unless you hit the big time, is not a lot. So I would have gone. My, my life would have gone down a very different path. Mm-hmm. And I know people that I've I've helped, coach, mentor, lead, manage, who I've encouraged to sort of try something else. And they'd be like, you know, I actually like this. I actually like managing projects. Mm. This is fun. And when you break down why it is they like it, and they detail the qualities they've picked up, or the specific elements they really like, they're like. Hey, you know, I was really good at that other thing, but I'm passionate about this. Hmm. And that's the difference. When you are able to build up that empathy and understanding from different parts of organizations and really start uncovering your own superpowers in terms of what you're good at and what you're passionate about, that can be a lot, a lot more, a lot more influential, a lot more positive, and a lot more empowering to each individual. I think you've tried a lot. So you kind of gained a lot of insight how things work in because every company will have these departments uh, at some point right so being switching those hats gives you a lot of empathy like how to deal with people and as a manager yourself like leading a team uh, that makes your life easier i i think i love the leadership part that you really tapped on using you know your past experiences uh let's switch gears a little bit and really like i want to really cover about your role at zapier uh one of the one of the curious questions i have is i think at this point zapier is like a like a billion dollar company like handling big b2b companies to small makers like who are just getting started getting into no code and building products right how do you as a as a senior executive especially in the customer experience side how do you handle that that really that scale of like people like spectrum i would call like people at one end who are just getting started to like people who are very serious they are like have goals and whatnot so do you guys have any frameworks that you want to share with us or any processes that you implement how to handle how to give you like priority slas and you know what one it's a really really interesting question and it's it's one that i've had in not just at zapier but at every company right like mm-hmm. and these aren't these aren't Zapier terms, by the way, but um, just to kind of make it easy for everyone, like how do you handle the free user? How do you give a great service to the free user as well as the VIP? Mm, yes. Differentiate between the two, and I suppose understanding specific needs are really really important. So when mm. it comes to like your free user or or like the vast majority, right? When you're looking at the masses, you want to understand what is it that's important to the majority. What is it that's important sure. to the most people? So things like ease of use so mm-hmm. recently we've we've um, done a lot more with ai because actually yeah. the important thing is that someone that's starting off on their um no code automation journey is able to go on zapier type in plain english plain language you know sure. i, I, I kind of want to do this i don't really know what i need to do but i kind of want to do this mm-hmm. and like bang they've got what they need right mm. and if they need help there's a place where they can go and get that hand holding Sure. So as an example, community is a perfect example, right? And we're really lucky at, at Zapier. We've got some really, we've got a really active community where people will kind of go and swap and share ideas and thoughts. And that kind of notion of, one of the interesting things actually is the way in which service has evolved has changed mm. a lot. Back when mm. I started in my career, it was all about picking up the phone, waiting on hold for 45 minutes and then yelling down at the person on the other end until you sort something. Now, 
especially the younger generations and the more kind of tech-based generations, they want to self-serve. They want right. to figure it out for themselves right. in one they way or another. They want to feel empowered. Yeah. Empowered is a perfect word. They want to feel empowered. Mm -hmm. Personally, I would much rather spend 30 minutes trying to figure out how to solve something out rather than call my bank and get it sorted and, and wait on hold for them to sort something out for me, right? right? right. And I think that's a learned behavior, by the way, as well. Mm -hmm. I think we've learned that a lot of companies have not invested in customer service, which means that they've had people have had bad customer service, which has then mm. driven a lot more people to want to self-serve. Then when you start getting up to the more, I'll just call them VIP in um, uh, Zapier, we have like company plans, team plans, these kind of things. Sure. And then you kind of think if you have a company that has tens, hundreds of automations, all running, all mission critical, if one fails, it's going to stop their business. What's going to be important to that individual? It's making sure that they're secure, making sure that they have dedicated support, making sure that there is a quick turnaround time. You know, so we've introduced recently um, to a few of our plans live chat. And that is a massive, massive win because actually that notion of, you know, you've probably been in this situation. I'm sure everyone has. Something goes wrong and that panic sets in. That anxiety says, Absolutely. In, oh, my, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? How do I do this? How do I overcome this? What's my boss going to say? Am I going to get fired? Right. Everything's going down. The, the leads aren't going into sales. They're not going to hit their targets. They're going to freak out. Right. It starts going, going overboard in someone's mind, right? Out loud, they don't often say that. But in their mind, that's the psychology. That's what's happening. Sure. So when it's worth that much that someone's invested all this time, money, and effort into you, you have to give them a great way to just be like, hey, you need help? Live chat is here. Go and speak to someone. Make mm. speak to someone who is highly trained, brilliant at what they do, and understands how to make it personal, empathetic, simple, and human whenever you interact with them. Mm. So they're the kind of key differences in terms of because everyone wants to make sure that their stuff gets sorted, but you'll differentiate based on things like actually, if someone's spending a lot of money on you, it's not just I'm spending money. It's I have so many workflows, so many zaps running, so many tasks running. They're going to need a different level of handholding versus someone who's got three automations with sure. one step each. You know, right. it's just actually if I'm that person who's who's got three automations, as long as they're running, mm -hmm. I'm okay, right? As long as they're doing okay, I'm okay. And when I need some help, then I'll reach out. And right. so, so that's kind of the key differential, I'd say. I like that. It's basically... Uh... Again, going back to empathy a little bit, really understanding uh, what they're going through. And also, I kind of like, this also really helps to put expectations in place, right? Uh, as a company, you know, you, you have to deliver great customer experience because that's really important to like key growth. So want to talk a little bit about the AI element you brought about, right? Two questions. One, what do you think the biggest problem right now, especially in customer experience, customer support, you know, in that zone people are facing? Uh, or do you th really think that, I, I believe AI is not going to take anybody's job. The only thing it'll do is make people better, efficient, faster. Uh, and it'll create a lot of opportunities. Like there'll be a lot of, you know, uh, there'll be a lot of time for you to like spend on other things. But anyway, that's my take, but I want to hear your take. Uh, what's what's the biggest problem AI is you know people are facing with the with, you know with the whole AI, and number two, how are you guys using 
AI at Zapier. I'm just curious, do you have, have implementation already in your core uh, processes? Uh, but yeah, two questions. We've gone really heavy on AI, um, as it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise you. And I'll, I'll definitely touch on yeah. in more detail on that later. I think the first thing in terms of AI and the kind of potential threats and stuff, I think the biggest issue is most people outside of SaaS companies aren't using it. Mm. That's the biggest thing. Like either they're scared or they're slow in adoption or they don't really know how to help what to do. Right. And I think, you know, it's it's like starving and there being a restaurant next to you and no one walking into it. <laughs> you know, it's it's like, but why would you not? These tools are here. And the whole thing is that utilizing AI is exactly. just making people's, it's making your team's life easier. It's making right. the customer's life easier. When it's implemented correctly, it's sure. doing all these things. Why, why wouldn't you do it? So I think mm. the real issue with AI is that only a few people, like mm. I say, obviously lots around the world are utilizing it, but there's, there's not as many as you probably think that are really utilizing it to its full potential. Right. On the notion of, um, you know, will it make people lose their jobs and all the rest of it? I think there is a genuine fear out out there that, mm. yeah, it's coming for everyone's job. The thing I think is like, and I, whenever I go into any team, because even in these companies, right, I bounce around teams because as soon as you start doing well somewhere, right, like I, I get it and then someone says, hey, come and join us and do this thing. The first thing that any manager, leader, anyone needs to do is say, where's the value? What value are we adding here? Mm -hmm. And I think for me, when it comes to customer experience, the key thing is to say, okay, so let's say all these tasks are going to be taken over by automation, whether it's with Zapier or AI, mm -hmm. let's say it's with ChatGPT or whatever. How else can I demonstrate value? Mm -hmm. what's the any way that I can demonstrate value. And it comes back to those human elements that AI can only do so much of at the moment, right? Mm. So AI, so I utilize AI all the time to rewrite something that I've written. So I write something, it, it does not read well, and then I just ask ChatGPT <laughs> to do it better. And they do, and then I have a few amendments and, and then it's out there and I'm, I'm comfortable. Right. There are people who are even scared to utilize AI for that. And it's, and mm. I kind of go back to that example that I had earlier in the, you know, with the, the customer service agent in the shop that kind of laid on that full sympathy. Mm -hmm. I would have much rather they just ran that through chat GPT and said, Hey, can you make this actually sound empathetic? Um, right. Mm. And then send it over to me. Mm. So, so do I think it's going to take over anyone's job? No. What I think it does is it allows more time to spend with those customers that need the extra help and handholding because you're not spending time doing the stuff that let's face it, no one enjoyed doing, right. right? Like no one enjoyed doing the, doing the, Oh, let me write something out. Oh, actually I'll just delete that bit and I'll put this in and I'll delete that bit. You know, some emails used to take half an hour to write out properly, especially That's if you're right. dealing with a really intense complaint. Now right. five minutes, chat GPT, whatever other tool you want to use and then yeah. go ahead. So it's going to shape the, it's going to shape the landscape by us not spending the time on things that aren't important and spending the time doing things that really make a difference to the customer. And that's why I'm excited about, about AI and, and automations and, and that in our industry. Your other question was around how we're utilizing it as Zapier. Um, there's a few different elements. One is the, the obvious kind of like AI chatbot. And, yeah. and yeah. I say obvious because so many companies have a chatbot, so many companies chatbots, 
we've been through them. If you if you've got a a a, a, mo- a cell phone provider and try to use mm-hmm. their chatbot, it's often awful. Um, yep. You know, if you try and do it with a holiday company, insurance, banking, you know, they have oh, yeah. one, but you know they have one because they don't want to talk to you, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's kind of what it comes down to. And your job is to basically get around it. We've utilised um, an AI chatbot which got federated search. It can take sort of information from lots of different sources um, and ideally kind of give our customers the information they need first time round. You know, that's sure. that's the goal of that. So there's elements like that. We have um, our own specific built kind of support sidekick, which, um, mm. and the great thing about this is that actually with um, some of our tools, with like our interfaces tool, you can, anyone, anyone listening right now can actually go onto Zapier and build their own AI chatbot. Um, mm. You can input your own data source. You can even put like how specific or how random you want it. You can sort of tell it in terms of like kind of what style you want. So if you want to build a chatbot and say, hey, you know, we always talk to our customers in rhyming slang. You know, mm. I don't know what people mm-hmm. do that. You can do it, right? Mm. Um, and we've incorporated that same kind of thing to help um, our technical support specialists with, hey, you know, this is, uh, this is the issue I've got. Summarize this for me, mm. right? Because actually, some of the stuff that we come out with can be really, really technical. So actually, having key summaries in different parts of the conversation can be massively mm. helpful. Or mm. that example that I had before, where you know it would often take me twenty minutes to write out the perfect statement. I write mm. out something and then just chuck it through um, our AI tools, our internal AI tools, and it gives me something that's on brand, on tone empathetic, simple to understand, spits back out. I might have to change one or two bits, but that that will get rectified over time. So Mm. that's how we're utilizing it. And then there's other things that we want to start utilizing it for, like, you know, how do we utilize it to spot bugs or fix bugs um, down that road? And uh, I think that's something that ideally would be focusing on pretty soon um, to kind of make sure that, you know, the absolute worst is when you've got something running and it stops for some reason. Right. right. So making sure that actually we can get on top of that, even with things like, you know, utilizing AI to make error codes really easy to understand for someone that doesn't understand sure. code. Right. Even right. even utilizing AI for that. That's the kind of direction we're going in. It's all about how to make it easier for the people within our teams so they have a better time answering, you know, answering our customer queries and yeah. how to make it so much easier for our customers to just jump onto zapier and start automating whatever they want yeah i i think piggybacking on what you said uh totally with you on one front which is uh definitely they're not AI is not going to replace your job human element is the most important thing we're all humans we, we seek each other you know in all ways right like uh number two is i think ai is going to make a big difference when you implement it on repetitive tasks or especially in customer service or support, you get these questions that are very fundamental. A, number two, someone must have asked you that question a thousand times. <laughs> so uh, their AI plays a massive role, right? Like I feel like, like you said, if earlier, like five years, 10 years ago, I mean, still people have those systems in place, which is you pick up a phone and you have this auto dialer, which, which really guides you saying that, hey, press one, press two for this, three for that, and all that shit. I think AI, if, if AI can replace that, my God, it'll be so amazing to actually like resolve a lot of issues which are 
previously resolved for, right? So I think I would say that's the clever way uh, to use AI in these, you know, in the, in the processes. Uh, yeah. There's, wanna... there's, there's, there's two things that for anyone listening that runs a customer experience department, there's two things that if you don't do right now, you're wasting everyone's time, right? The first is having an internal AI chatbot where anyone can just put mm -hmm. what they need into it and it gives them back either the right um, uh, the right blog post, the right mm -hmm. uh, internal help to, uh, section, um, even like, like writing a, an email back to a customer with the right tone of empathy and detailed mm -hmm. information and all the rest of it. If you're not doing mm -hmm. that, you're just making everyone's life a lot, lot more difficult. Right. The um, the second notion is one of the things that really takes so much time is, and we don't have um, telephone that supports Zapier, but it's you know every other company I've worked at um, with customer experience, it's a lot, it's a bit more traditional. So they've got telephone support, and one of the longest things is if you've been on the phone for twenty minutes mm. and you're trying to gather notes. And then the phone shuts and you've got a few minutes of wrap up time. And then what you have to mm. do is come off the phone for 10 minutes because you're like, that was a massive long call. I need to top up all these notes and action all these items. Implement a tool that is listening to the recording and is taking down notes for the, the person so they can truly listen to the customer, <laughs> empathize with the customer and focus on that rather than focusing on, on other elements. Much, yeah. And then summarize for them. And it summarizes the note. Not only will it reduce the the mental energy utilized to actually handle that call, it will reduce wrap up time. It will reduce having to the stress of having to go off and remember each parts of conversations. Mm -hmm. And then let's say there's an issue ten months, a year, two years down the line, which always happens, right? Someone says, right. "Pull up that recording." Well, that should already have that recording timestamped and saved somewhere in that area, or at least sure, a time. Yeah you can automatically yeah. go back to. So you're yeah. making future savings on it as well. Right. And I think if, if people aren't investing in these really, really simple tools, right. what's the point? You know, what are you <laughs> what's, <doing>? what's... <laughs> We've lived your team. You know, why are you, right. why are you, you know, you're there to make your team, For me right. in my role, I'm there to make my team's life as easy as possible so they can fulfill their full potential. Sure. That's the role of any manager or leader. Right. You are working for them to help them fulfill their full potential. If you're making things harder by not implementing things, why? <laughs> it's like using a BlackBerry, which is with the you know keyboard phone right now, and when we are actually like living in that iPhone era, right? Yeah, um, it's, it's like it's like you've got an iPhone and I've got a feather that I'm writing with. You know, <laughs> what, why why am I doing that? Right, invest <laughs> invest in the right tools that's going to help me do the job to the best of my Absolutely. ability. Absolutely. A couple of questions on uh, on the customer support front, which is one of the things. How do you do? How do you draw a line between where is a line like is, between the customer service and customer support? Or in your opinion, they they're blended together. What is your take? They're like. Customer service, customer support, customer experience. I mean, the, the kind of technical element of it is customer service is the way in which you approach and talk to a customer and, and the, the, the service you offer, right? That's kind of soft skills. The support side is more the kind of like 
harder technical skills, right? So actually like the, um, at Zapier, it would be um, unblocking someone's Zap if it runs into an error, right? Or helping mm. them get started. Um, the service side would be, you know, how empathetic we are, how personal we are, how simple it is to understand and follow the instructions. Mm -hmm. The experience side is that entire journey, right? So actually, you know, something, even before something goes wrong, but let's just take it from something goes wrong. Something goes wrong. How do I get in touch with someone? You know, what are all the pain and gain points from that point in terms of actually getting the help I need to be able to unblock me and carry on with my day? Sure. Um, so they're the, they're the differences. In reality, if you lose one, if you lose one of those three things, your service sucks. <laughs> oh, like, and that, that's just the that's just the long and short of it. You mm. can't give great technical support and be rude about it. The person who's on the other end will will, will, will be like, "Yeah, great, thanks for that." But you spoke to me like I'm like not even here. You spoke to me like I'm an animal. Mm. Right? Like, speak to me like I'm a person. Mm. You be the nicest most empathetic person going like it can just be such a wonderful conversation and then write the conversation they're like yeah i can't help you well mm. great i prefer to have a great conversation with a friend or a relative or, or someone I, mm. I like right not not this help me um and then with the customer experience side of things if i don't know how to get in touch with you if i can't find how to get the help if right at the end um like I, I put down the phone or I stopped that live chat or whatever and mm. everything's just felt so difficult. Mm. I'm not going to want to go through that again. So next time something happens, my mind immediately goes back to if they were rude, if they didn't actually know the answer to it, if it was, if it was really difficult to get in touch with them in the first place. And immediately I think, Oh, somebody just, why am I doing this? Right. There must be a better alternative. You know, people right. don't really want to leave companies. Mm. They do. They remember that time where it just sucked, mm. right? Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't ever want to change internet service providers, right? right. I kind of just yeah. want if if I'm getting a great service and the price is good, I do not want to spend a second yeah. looking elsewhere for something else. Right. Luckily enough, most internet service providers in the UK are absolutely awful. Which then means, of course, it's the same in the US. It's exactly more, right. Yeah. So you get to, so you, so you get to shop around. You get to enjoy yeah. that experience, um, if you can enjoy the experience. You know, you, you end up doing that. But no one wants to, and that's why I always um, find it hilarious when a lot of companies see customer service or customer experience as a cost center, as a cost right. thing, right? Right, right. Well, there's an element of cost to it. There's an element of cost to having like a, a, a 500 large sales team, right? You know, it's all about the value that you're getting from that and being able to identify that. And right. that's why I think customer service, customer experience, customer support still has some way to go. Really being able to identify and tell the story around that service and show it in cold, hard data. That's where a lot of a lot of customer service, service departments really fail. Demonstrating mm. what value am I bringing to helping this wider company achieve the goals? And this right. is how I can prove it. If you can do that, you're on to a winner. Yeah, I feel if you kind of... Uh, nail all three down, uh, you'll have a great growth at a company because word of mouth gets spread in a rat rapid way, and people just love the brand. The brand equity will go up, and a lot of lot of a lot of X factors like you know uh, play in. A uh, couple of questions before we wrap up. I know we're we're kind of on time. In your opinion, how can a founder listening to this podcast or anybody who's 
in the process of scaling a, a team of customer, whether it can be customer experience, customer support, uh, customer uh, service, whatever it is, how should one scale the team itself? Is there a structure that you want to like, you know, provide? Kind of, but I say that, which isn't a helpful answer, but I say that because um, there are so many nuances, especially, mm. and, and that, that kind of takes on like, because a founder's just starting up, it'll be very different to a scale up. Like mm -hmm. most companies that I join, not all, because actually some I've joined are really corporate, some I've joined a very, very startup. Um, but most companies I've been with are going through that scale up period, which mm -hmm. is for me like the most exciting, the most exciting mm -hmm. part, right? When they're kind of mm -hmm. knocking on the door of kind of corporate, um, uh, corporate notion, they're kind of desperately trying to get there. I'd mm -hmm. say when you're in that scale up scenario, it becomes really difficult because what I see a lot of, you know, when people in startup, they're just so excited to have a customer that's paying them that they'll do mm -hmm. anything for that customer. They will mm -hmm. bend all the rules and, you know, really kind of make sure that they, you know, go all out just to help out this one person. And that works. Then let's say you've got 500 customers. Those same processes that you have will not last for your next 500. Let's say now you've got 10,000. If you're still working off those same processes that you had at 500, mm. you're, you are going to need so many people in sure. your operation just to not drown in it sure so i'd say the real key thing is any um as a founder or as a ceo or whoever as they go through that notion of their company building to that next stage mm. at each stage of their growth they really have to take a step back and say let's look at this process what's wrong with it what's right with it what can we do better and you you obtain that through feedback and a lot of people just say like, hey, you know, customer feedback, MPS scores, CSAT scores, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. sure. First people that you're going to hear it from and you really need to listen to are your customer support team. When you listen to that customer support team, they they speak to your customers every single day. They mm. go through the systems, they click on this and they're like, this is so slow, I can't handle it. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. they, 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 um, they're like, oh, this is the fifth call I've had today about this product. And the problem is, is that as the company grows, what I found is that as soon as a company grows past 500 um, uh, employees, that's when you fall into the trap of there being a lot of silos mm. and information not going up to the relevant people to make the change. You know, so you have like the customer service teams sticking to themselves, all complaining within this little sphere and no <laughs> one saying anything to the next person. Um, and yeah. sometimes actually I say 500, that can happen a lot earlier as well. Mm. Um, I've, I've experienced some companies where there's like a hundred people and this person sat here and that person sat there, do not no. talk to them. <laughs> you know? and, and so I'd say, make sure that people are providing that feedback and there's an open, a genuinely sure. open and honest feedback loop going on. Right. And that you're always reassessing the processes that you had because the processes from day, from year one will be very, very different to the processes from year three. Right. I think the involvement is really key. That's, so that's, uh, that, that's the biggest summary I'm getting from you. Uh, last question. Mm. Uh, what do you, what is the importance of customer experience service support? You know, all three departments in today's digital world, in the age of AI, where people are accelerating, if being efficient and expecting like fast results from your perspective as an, as an experience, like, you know, 
support leader? Customer experience tools have never been more important in my eyes. And I might just be saying that because I'm in the industry, right? But and when I say customer experience tools, I also mean community in, in that as well. Sure. And the reason is because there is nowadays, anyone can start a business. Mm. Anyone can look at your business and say, this sucks, I'll do it better. Mm. And that also means that chopping and changing service providers is easier than it's ever been. Mm. So what you need to do as any business, the reason why customer experience is so important is if you make that experience effortless, smooth, maybe even enjoyable, sure. you're giving someone a reason to not have to look elsewhere. Right. But as soon as you make that experience tough, frustrating, annoying, you're giving that person a reason to leave. And the worst bit is you won't even know that they've left until it's too late. You know, because yeah. back in the day, it used to be, you'd have to call up or they'd say, yes, right. and that's what's writing, right? Nowadays, it's just a few clicks. Or even if yeah. it's like, oh, you're done. leave if you send us an email, right. they will just send you a quick email, just cancel their direct debit, right? Like mm -hmm. they'll, they'll do that and, and they're gone. And you won't have a clue yeah. why. Yeah. And what you will often do is say, it's because of that last point. It's because of that last specific issue. When really, it's something that happened three months before then. And this was the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. So for me, it's like, there is so much choice. It's so easy for anyone to go and do whatever they want and go to a different company. There are 4 billion CRMs out there. There mm -hmm. are like 300 different versions of MailChimp now. You know, there mm -hmm. are different, you know, before it was just Microsoft Excel. Now you can go on Google Sheets. You've got, yep. you've got we've got tables at Zapier. You've got all these options. We have Notion, like, yeah, exactly. so many other things. Do not give your customer a reason to look elsewhere. Sure. And with customer experience, when you nail the different parts of that, including support, including account management, including a community, including all these elements, if you nail all those, people don't want the stress of finding something else. They're like, mm. that. this just works. Let mm. me focus on hating on my bank for how terrible they are or hating on my mm. cell phone provider for how terrible they are, right? right. So right. yeah, the importance of customer experience, you're making life easier for your customers so they won't even have to consider looking elsewhere for a better service. I love that. I think ultimate goal of any company, uh, if they want to strive, is to keep their customers happy, period. That's it. That's the ultimate goal. That's like the bird's eye view. Uh, you know, if you see uh, everybody's growth is right there right now. Cal, this has been an amazing conversation. My God, like there are so many intangible elements. Like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of like kind of, learn from you as well, especially from, you know, building customer experience teams and whatnot, leading you, being a leader in this space. I uh, appreciate you. Any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Well, I know predominantly you look after kind of communities and I have to say that, you know, a lot of people are talking about how, you know, oh, AI and there's going to be like, what's the first billion dollar company with one person, with only one mm. person running, utilizing AI and automation. I think we sometimes forget that whole companies have been making millions off of mm. just communities, right? right. You look at right. Any yeah. YouTuber, you look at any, um, you look at all these people that are doing like newsletters now, they're really mm -hmm. driving forward. So whilst a lot of people are focusing on like the kind of new shiny things, let's not forget there's all this other stuff. What we people in the industry are kind of seemingly like, oh, that's basic. That's just the fundamentals. That's what you do. Do not forget the fundamentals. Vince Lombardi came out with the quote, excellence is achieved by the mastery of yeah. fundamentals. 
And if you can nail those every single time, you're like winning. That. Um, like that. That's the final thought. The, the last bit is just thank you so much for having me on. I've listened to uh, to, to quite a few of your, your podcasts now. And um, yeah, I'm thrilled to be part of it. So really, really oh, appreciate your time. And I appreciate the kind words. Well. Yeah, appreciate the kind words. And yeah, that's an amazing quote. I feel, I think there's no better way than closing it in, in that note, on that note. So Kel, uh, appreciate you. And, you know, folks who are listening, we have amazing guests like Kel coming on the show. So stay tuned. Uh, and uh, we are here to like provide value. And I, I hope this episode, like, you know, added more fuel to your workflows or like you know the things you're doing uh that's it that's a wrap and stay tuned guys we have more episodes to come cheers